Hey everyone, so welcome to the new West Midlands Youth Podcast. There's going to be various elements that will take place during this podcast. There'll be an interview with a guest, there will be a breakdown of a worship song that the guest shares as their favourite worship song. And at the beginning of each podcast, I'm just going to share a short thought with you around something that might have happened over the last couple of weeks or something that's sort of taken caught my attention so um yeah I just want to share some some thoughts with you really um so this week I want to share uh, a thought around um something that I've been thinking about for quite a, a while really and um it's something that kind of happened to me um over the last couple of weeks as some of you may know I really love my running and I've really sort of got into my running and it's been something that has um really sort of been a focus for me uh, during this year and been something that I've really sort of enjoyed and, and got into a lot. And the other day I went out for a run with the intention of it being a long run. Over this last year I've taken up running again after having my little boy and at the beginning I could barely run two kilometres and it was a really slow pace. But throughout this year I have dedicated quite a lot of time to uh, my running and during lockdown I would use my daily quota of exercise to go running most days and slowly but surely I managed to pick up the pace and the distance of my runs and they got longer and longer but I could never really get past 8k, 8 kilometres so in June I really pushed myself to run 10k. I managed it although it wasn't easy and it wasn't a very pretty sight at the end of it really and ever since then I've been wanting to go further so a couple of weeks ago I started a training plan to get me to the point of being able to run a half marathon distance now it's going to take me a long time to get there and I may never get there but I'm going to try so when I was out running the other day I wanted to be able to go further than 10k so I pushed myself and in the end, I was able to run a further 1k. So in the end, I got up to 11k. Not much to some people, but to me, this was a huge step. But I wanted more. I wanted to go further. I wanted to go faster. And I felt quite down about my run when I got home. I kept coming back to the idea of wanting more. This got me thinking about life in general and society. How many times have we heard people say to us, I want more from you. That's not enough. I want more. When I played football, my manager would often say to us as a team, I want more from you. You're not giving your best. I want you to leave everything out on the pitch and more. More, 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 more. I've struggled with this concept of wanting more. We buy the latest gadget and within a couple of weeks, a new better, shinier version comes out, so we want that. Our football team might release a new shirt, or three, each season, so we want that to keep up, yet we've only just bought last season's shirts. Our Wi-Fi isn't quick enough to keep up with everything we want to do, so we want a quicker, more efficient Wi-Fi. Our favourite series on Netflix or Amazon Prime ends, but we want more. I'm still waiting on another series of friends. When I watched the Bake Off the other day, one of the contestants said this, less is more, 
but we know that's not true. It needs to be the biggest, with the most chocolate on it, and it needs to stand out. She got to the judges' table, and the first thing one of the judges said was, less, less is definitely more. Now, I'm not saying that it's wrong to want to become better at a skill or achieve the best you can in your education, but what I am saying is that this attitude to always wanting more is unhealthy. Strive to improve and grow? Absolutely. But sometimes we get into the habit of when we want to start more, we compare ourselves to others. And what others have that we don't, or what others can do that we can't, often leaves us feeling jealous. And that's where jealousy can start. How many times have we either thought or said these words, the grass is always greener on the other side? If we reach for something different, something greater will show somehow, will somehow step into a new, better life, will somehow become better. Have you ever felt this way, wondering if you could somehow get more out of life? If you have, you're not alone. In my own life, I frequently fall victim to this thought process. If I just find the perfect job, I'll feel valuable. If I just exercise more, I'll feel confident. As I longingly fix my eyes on this greener grass, I make false assumptions about the people who live the life I want to live. My friend who got the best grades, they never felt inadequate. My friend who runs marathons, they never struggle with self with low self-esteem. My friend who can play the piano so beautifully, they never doubt their ability. I frequently fall victim to this thought process. If I just find the perfect job, I'll feel valuable. If I just exercise more, I'll feel confident. Of course, this thought process presents many, many problems. My life won't magically change if I accomplish these goals, even though my mind tricks me into believing in greener grass. And my friends struggle with many of the insecurities that I do, even if their lives look perfectly polished on the outside. I want to rely on God for the strength to stop fixing my eyes on greener grass and start fixing my eyes on him. Of course, I can strive to live a healthy confident life and I can strive to learn new skills and grow in the skills that I do have but for the here and now I want to feel happy I want to feel content and I want to rely on God for the strength to stop fixing my eyes on greener grass and start fixing my eyes on him and here are just four ways and scripture verses that can help us do that one Lord help me to feel content Scripture for this, Philippians chapter 4, verse 11 to 12. And I am not saying this because I feel neglected, for I have learned to be satisfied with what I have. I know what it is to be in need and what it is to have more than enough. I have learned this secret so that anywhere, at any time, I am content, whether I am full or hungry, whether I have too much or too little. Second one. Lord, help me to feel joyful. Scripture from Romans chapter 15, verse 13. May God, the source of hope, fill you with all joy and peace by means of your faith in him, so that your hope will continue to grow by the power of the Holy Spirit. Number three. 
Lord, help me to rely on you for my needs. Back to Philippians chapter 4 verse 19. And with all his abundant wealth through Christ Jesus, my God will supply all your needs. And finally, Lord, help me to feel your peace. Scripture from Isaiah chapter 26 verse 3. You, Lord, give perfect peace to those who keep their purpose firm and put their trust in you. So instead of saying, I want more, or I want to be better and more like that person, or that person know that you are just, I just want you to know, sorry, that you are just who God wants you to be. You are needed, you are valuable, you are more than enough. Let's grow together and let's celebrate each other. So each week on the podcast, we're going to be having a uh, guest that I will interview. We will talk about all sorts of things around worship and what sort of worship styles they're into, their favourite worship song and anything that they can really share with us that will aid us in our worship and support us and encourage us. And I look forward to being able to interview the different people each week. So I'm delighted to introduce um, my cousin, my friend, um, Mr. Charlie Green. Hello, Charlie. Hello. This is really strange, sat in my lounge. We're still allowed to because we're in tier one. It is strange. Which is great, really. Um, We're not locked down yet. It's weird being interviewed by by you as well. Really? Yeah, it is, yeah. Yeah. Do you feel a bit nervous? Yeah, a little bit, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. That's funny. Okay, so this new podcast I've entitled it Elevate Worship. So we're looking just at, I guess, our worship and our lifestyle and the way in which worship is part of our lifestyle. Um, It's following on from summer school and how the theme for summer school was just unpacking different worship songs. So we are going to find out your worship song in a little bit. Um, But first of all, I thought I'd just ask you a few questions around worship and how um, how you worship and what it feels like to to worship and be a worship leader. So first question I want to ask you is what is worship to you? How would you explain worship to somebody who I guess doesn't know what worship is? Yeah. Okay. well, I think that there's some for me, obviously, there's probably a straight answer, which is, I mean, that's what the definition says worship is. I think for me, it's an expression. It's something personal to me. Um, I see worship in not just the music. Um, I mean, for those of you who know, I've just sort of grown up in music and the voice sang and played and done all those sort of things. So um, it can be confined for some people to that. Um, for me, it's it's really not. It's it's just in the way that you are around people. It's in other creative things. Um, so for me, worship is just an expression, and it's a it's a permanent expression, um, and of my love for God, of thanks. Um, I worship when I'm praying, worship when I'm singing, and worship when I'm doing my everyday stuff, and uh, it's a a big part of my life. Cool. So. What would you say is your preferred style of worship then? See, is that a trick question? Um, <laughs> I think, do you know what? It's a difficult one. I, I love a lot of different types of uh, worship styles. Um, I really like worship bands. Um, I do it at summer school. I love that style and I wish that there was a little bit more of it in the Salvation Army. Um, 
I do enjoy bands. I love playing my cornet, and I find that's an expression for me. It's not really just playing to, you know, to show off. It's it is an expression of worship. Um, but I do. I I also quite like a sort of Sunday morning piano, relaxed type mm. of worship. You know, in that sense of that. So I find it really. Um, very centering just to not have everything going on whether it's a really big brass band or a really big worship band and lights and sometimes just to sort of dim the lights just to have nothing there and just to be able to to worship almost in 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 silence I like that too I think that's underrated I've done a lot of that during lockdown because obviously there hasn't been all the big stuff going on but uh, I do miss the big events and people you know dancing and singing mm. and clapping together and just hearing people smile and laugh and cry and do all these things I, I miss that so I'm looking forward to to that happening again at yeah. some point yeah I agree I think there's something really beautiful about somebody just sat at the piano playing it I mean it's one of the things that I wish I was able to do is play the piano I think it's a beautiful instrument and I just love the way in which people can just sit at the piano and just play melodies songs whatever it is that they're doing and I just believe that it really does enhance worship so I but like you I can't wait till when we can be together again and worship together and, and be in that environment together, yeah. really, and, and worship together. So, yeah, thank you for that. So you mentioned worship bands. You mentioned leading worship at summer school. What is it like to lead worship? Not just at summer school, but you can relate back to summer school if you wish, but what is it like? You know, I would call you a worship leader. So what is it like to worship? Um, to lead worship for people and with people? Um, I've, to me, I actually find it... I, I have a bit of pressure, personally. Mm. Um, and I think that's probably put on myself. People are, like, supportive. Remember my first... I suppose my first... Well, no. My first real expression of leading worship, I suppose, was at Droitwich doing bits and bobs. Yeah. Um, so we had a few little worship bands going and... Uh, along with a few of the guys from here, we we do songs and then they say, oh, Charlie, you've got to lead that through. And I suppose it just sort of happened. So I thought, just got to get on with it and do it. Mm. Um, but summer school was a, a big one because it's an awful lot of responsibility. I think it's a, a big responsibility and, a, and an honour to do it. Um, but for myself, I put a lot of pressure on because I, I worry about getting it right. Mm. Um, sometimes maybe too much Um and you just got to learn to, to actually just let God take control. Um, but in the moment, I absolutely love it. I think it's great. Like I said, it's a great honour to be able to just direct where things go a little bit. And you just got to learn to um, to let the Holy Spirit take over when you're when you're leading worship. Because it's quite easy to just make it about yourself. Mm. So um, I do find it a pressure, um, but I love it. I love the opportunities it brings to work with so many. You know, great people have been able to to lead worship with at summer school and at other events, and um, it's it is a real honour and not something I I take for granted, mm. and uh, so I love it. Yeah. Yeah. Is there a moment that stands out for you from leading worship? It might be at summer school. It might be at Droitwich. Is there one standout moment that you can sort of relate back to, and you think, yeah, that that really was just a really special and um, powerful moment for me. Yeah, actually, there's a there's a couple. Um, one was singing for the first time, and everyone's heard it a hundred times now. But the benediction at Droitwich, and doing that at the end of a, a meeting, mm. and for me that was just such a spirit led moment. 
And I hadn't really sung the song before. And it was, there was just something special. I really felt the Holy Spirit that morning. Um, and, I, and I haven't... That's something that's been very rare, really. You have some great moments, but that was really something. Um, and you can't replicate that or try. You just can't. It just has to happen. Um, but another couple at summer school, really. One was... Um, we, we 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 went outside um, and sang. I don't know what year was it. That's maybe two years ago. That's what, my first one. We sang outside with all the lights, and um, we just okay. had a guitar. It was all put together in the lab because it rained. We were supposed to do a big thing outside, and it, it rained. Yeah, yeah. So we moved it to to the weekday thing, and uh, we just sort of. I said, "Little lads, can you get?" I think a couple of the lads bought their guitars, and we just sang a few songs. Yeah. Um, we had sheets of paper for lyrics and it was dark and nobody could see it was like it was all sort of thrown together by um, but it was amazing I just felt really like that that God's presence was there in that moment because mm. it just felt really like real yeah is, is that I, the year that we sang I'm in his hands I'm in his hands yeah yeah outside. I remember yeah. Love, I absolutely loved that and I thought to me and I didn't sing that night I didn't play anything I don't play guitar which I'd love I, I wish I could but I didn't play anything I was just there um, and then just sort of let people in the group and other people just sort of take over and I thought that was I, I love that yeah. I just love that other people were doing it I get quite a lot of pleasure at seeing people do stuff mm. um and I, I I really enjoyed that I thought that was a great moment and another one was last year I'm um, singing Holy Spirit you're welcome here mm. on the on the Sunday night and that the song went on probably five minutes longer than it should have done but that I felt the Holy Spirit was moving and I think as a worship leader it's vital that you um, can discern what's happening mm. and, and sometimes you just got to let it happen. And, uh, and that was just a moment where it just, kept, it just kept going and I really felt the Holy Spirit in the room. So there are loads and loads of moments, but those are just a few. Yeah, for me. yeah. I mean, oh, that's a beautiful song though, isn't it? Holy yeah, Spirit. Yeah. yeah. I, I can remember listening to that in lockdown and I was instantly taken to being in the room at summer school and yeah. just experiencing that, that moment again where you you kind of feel like you're on your own in that moment just worshipping and, yeah. and you do just feel that calmness and that peace, I guess, yeah. just come over you. So, yeah, they're really great things to, to think back over and, and to remember. So is there a particular worship song, so not your favourite worship song, but a particular worship song that you love to lead as a worship leader, you love to sing with a worship band? Oh, that's, a, that's a hard question because there's so many in there. What's the... um? What's the Israel Hooten one that goes? Um, it's really funky. I, I really love doing that one. Um, Lord, you are good oh, and yeah. your mercy. I love that. I just think that's a great song. That's that's so much fun to sing. Um, but that's on a personal level. I think that's just a, a nice one yeah, to actually yeah. to sing. I like the ones where people are really into it. Okay. You know, like when you do. I mean, for this for a while, I really didn't like the song because everybody kept requesting it, but I sort of miss it. But it's You Are Holy. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. You know, people, when people are worshipping and that you really, they love it. Yeah, like, yeah. they are absolutely... Sometimes you, you do one and you think, okay, but they, you know, it wasn't really quite for them. Mm. But at summer school, they absolutely love that one. Um, and the one I really like is, um, I think actually last year at summer school we did it. We weren't supposed to sing it and it was requested so many times that we just threw it in and everybody was absolutely just singing her heart out and it was um king of kings majesty mm. so it's old isn't it now when you, when you consider it and yeah, some of these yeah. songs that we're singing you know the, the new releases and stuff but it's such a great song i just love love the words to that and um just hearing 
a hundred people sing that song mm-hmm. um, was was amazing. It just you, basically you just stand back from the mic and just let them sing. Mm. Those are the ones I like doing where you don't actually have to sing anything. Yeah, yeah. You know, you just you just you just stand back and you just start the you start the phrase off and then they just sing the rest. And I, I love that. That's that's the best worship leading for yeah. me is when you don't have to sing anything. Yeah. I know that, that that song in particular is really special to the middle house because there was a moment, wasn't there, a couple of years ago at summer school where they were all singing it around the, the stairwell. I right. think some of the leaders have got videos of it and I think it was a real powerful moment for them all. And yeah. I think when you listen to the harmonies of that song as well and, and you hear everybody putting in their part and yeah. all of that and it's a really beautiful it's great. song. So, I yeah, love it. That's it. I love it. Is there a worship song that you find quite difficult to sing because of the words? So I've really started to look at the words behind worship mm. songs and there's some worship songs that I look at and I think to myself, gosh, that's a real uh, declaration that I'm singing there or that's really powerful words that actually, can I live up to that? Or do I actually really mean that? So is there a worship song that you would say you find quite difficult to to sing? There, there is and, you know, there was one and I was hearing, I heard it the other day and I, can I remember what it was? And I can't. But I thought, how many times have I sung that? And thought, mm. yeah, I know what it was. It was actually um, It Is Well with my song. Okay. Because it, actually I was listening to it in a band piece for the bandos here, but the, the, the song came, the, this song came up in a band piece. If you're a bandos, you'll know it's called The Present Age. It's, it's a great band piece. Never heard it. You, 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 we'll get you. We'll have a little <laughs> listen. We'll have a little jam after Lord. <laughs> but in that piece... The, the song It Is Well With My Soul comes up and I thought, how how do we sing that so easily? You know, that song, It Is Well With My Soul, you, you've got to really, to sing that, you've got to be in a real zone. Sometimes I can't sing stuff like that. Mm. I just feel like I can't sing it because it, sometimes it isn't. Mm. And I think it's it's easy to sing stuff and just sort of sing it. Um, but that song actually has a great meaning behind it. The guy who, who wrote it is... His his kid died on a they were they were travelling on a ship, and his with his wife and he was he was gonna join them or something and and the the kid the the boat capsized, mm. and the kid died, and I mean how do you deal with that? Yeah, yeah. And after he wrote that song saying when peace like a river attendeth my way, and it's but it is well with my soul, um after that happened in mm. his life and I think that's just a great. That yeah, strong yeah. faith. Um, so certain songs like that. Another one is "Great Is the Darkness That Covers the Earth." That makes me chuckle. I always struggle with that because we always sing that one so happy. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and clap our hands, and uh, I think sometimes you don't really read what they're singing. But mm. um, there are a few. When the music fades, all is stripped away, and I'm coming back to the heart of worship, and it's all about you. And sometimes I'm thinking, I'm thinking about the music here, and I'm still thinking about it even as, as I yeah, sing it. Yeah. Um, so I'm aware that I'm doing it, but it's just getting into that zone. Yeah, it's absolutely. Yeah, there's loads of songs out there, isn't there? When you actually unpack them yeah. and you look at what the words are saying and what the meaning behind the words are, you kind of think to yourself, gosh, do I really understand what it is that I'm proclaiming here as yeah. I sing this song? And, yeah. and I think it's great to actually just strip them back sometimes and look at what they're about and, and what they mean and the stories behind why they were written. Like, raise a hallelujah. Right. You know, you look at the story behind that. And the fact that the people that wrote that song were were singing as a, a child from their church was, you know, facing 
loads of health conditions, loads of health problems, and they didn't know if he'd make it through the night. And as a church, they were praying for him. And the two people that wrote it were in that moment, they just turned to God and they started to sing these words and they didn't realise where they were coming from. But then they, you know, they started to think about it. They were raising a hallelujah in the presence of the enemy, in the presence mm. of what was going on in that situation. Yeah. And they still turned to God and they still praised God. And yeah. I think there's so much power behind these words. And I think when, you, when you really start to unpack them, yeah. you start to understand what they actually mean. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I agree with all those songs that you shared. Yeah. Great is the darkness, again, clapping our hands, you know, great is the darkness <laughs> that covers the, you know, yeah. and we're... We're singing it in a really bouncy, happy yeah. way. You know? Yeah, because the, the happiness doesn't come till the chorus. Yeah. You know, come Lord Jesus, come Lord Jesus. And that's the moment where it's like, that's when we can really smile yeah, about yeah. it. But it's easily done. I'm not knocking people for doing it because no, I, no, yeah. I still do it myself. But um, it does take sometimes you, you've got to put a little bit of an effort in finding like you did with Raise a Hallelujah. Like sometimes you've got to actually make the effort to find out what yeah. these songs are. It does mean a little bit more, I think, when you do that. Yeah, absolutely. So... You're a singer. You're a singer by trade. That's what you do. That's your your passion. That's your skill. How does singing worship songs, leading worship, differ to when you are singing and and lead, you know when you're doing your concerts, when you're on tour, doing your sort of secular side? How does it differ? I got asked this a couple of months ago, and I and I had to really think about this. It's hard. I think. Um, for me, as a as an artist and as a person, I try not to ever separate separate two in a sense that mm. I don't want to be one person and another. Mm. I think that can be really easy to do. Well, I'm I'm this singer then, and then I'm another singer then. I'm I'm a singer for God at, at all times, yeah. whether I'm doing a show or a worship session or a, whatever it is. But that it does differ, I think, a little bit when you when you lead the worship. Mm. I think. Um, well, one, because of the lyrics you're singing, you know, with, with showbiz and entertainment and whatever it is that you call it, there is a sense of um, you're showing what you can do a mm. little bit, um, especially in my type of entertainment. It's a little bit, you know, the showbizy type of entertainment. You've got to put on a show. People are paying X amount of money to mm. go and see you and you've got to provide an entertainment. It's like you're providing a meal for them. Yeah, it's like, yeah. you know, so you've got to really, you know, with the worship, it's a different for me. It's a different kettle of fish because it's it's not about me. Yeah, you know, yeah. It's not about what what I'm doing or or showing off for people. That you you're literally aiding people, setting a mood, aiding people in their worship, and you and I feel more pressure doing that. Yeah, to be yeah. honest, um, more so than gigs. Okay. Um. So I I love it, and there's more reward, mm. but it's it's harder. For me, yeah, yeah. yeah, in a way, because of um, the, the the worry of trying to get it right. Yeah. So um, so yeah, I I, I absolutely love it, but it, it is different. Uh, but at the same time, I try not to separate them too much. Yeah, yeah. Obviously, you could become a little bit like Miley Cyrus, you know, a bit like what's that show that she did? Hannah got, Montana. Hannah Montana. Yeah. You know, you got one one life and one singer, and then another life and another singer. Yeah, I don't yeah. want that to ever happen because that's easy for it to yeah. to become like that. So. Um, yeah, that's your answer. A bit long-winded, but no, it's fine. Okay. No, no, it's fine. Okay, so songwriting—is that something that you're? So we mentioned it at the virtual summer school when we did the night in the tent, and we sort of we 
put a challenge out to some people about songwriting. I know there's some of the young people out there that are really into yeah. their songwriting, worship songs, all, all manner of songs. Is it something that you're passionate about? Is it something that you would like to be able to do more? Is it something that you see yourself doing in the future? Um, and do you have any tips? So there's quite a few questions in there, yeah, really. Yeah, good. Um, to be honest, I haven't done any. Um, sometimes I, I do regret that a little bit. I think I could have done more in lockdown. Um, because of lockdown, I ended up getting another job. So I also now work at Domino's. Mm -hmm. I deliver pizza and do loads of other stuff, stuff like cleaning and uh, whatever, you know, in the oven. So I'm there quite a lot. I kind of work full time. So that does occupy a lot of my time at the mm -hmm. moment. So I haven't done a lot. Um, I want to do more and I will. I definitely feel I will do it. Um, but when that is, I'm not sure. To be honest with you, I marvel. I don't know who is going to be listening to it. I'm sure loads and loads and loads of people. <laughs> um, but I think there are a few guys in the that I know around the division that that and uh, around that 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 songwrite and do it brilliantly. And I, I marvel at them really. Mm. I mean, even I know there are lots and lots of people, but I th I, th I think they they they're good. They're good at what they do. I look at even people like Leroy. When I mention them because they get a kick out of it. Leroy, <laughs> love what you do, man. And my cousin Sam, I'm really proud of what he's doing with his music. And, and uh, Deep Tea wrote that song yeah, with his sister yeah. I saw on Facebook. There are people doing it. Um, the girl in Scotland, Bethany Logan, she's doing it in the army. It's great. So we've got people doing it now. So, um, And I know there are many more. But I would just say when you write, it's always got to be, um, be you. It's got to be personal, you know. Um, if you're you, you always provide something new, you know. If you're just trying to copy something else, then you're not bringing anything new to the table. Mm. You 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 just sec you just second to whoever did it before. Yeah, yeah. So just be you and and write a bad song. It's fine, but get it over and done with and write a bad song. Um, doesn't really matter. You just got to express. Yeah. Uh, I'd like to see more of that in the army. I think. Yeah. Um, more writing within, because you've got so many people who've got so much to say. Um, that we. It needs to be heard, yeah, yeah. and it's also down to the worship leaders as well to, I think, to work with those people in in getting those songs out there, and uh, so so that would be my advice: is just be proactive in doing it, and uh, yeah, and and just keep doing it, and don't let anybody really say you can't do it because people always have a little bit of a go, or you know, you get as they say, you get the haters, um, but that's. So did Jesus. So did yeah. all the you know the people that would wanted to do good for God. So you got just keep doing it and uh, pray about it and work hard. Absolutely, we're coming towards the end. There's a couple more questions just to ask you. First question: Do you have any tips for people who would like to sort of explore leading worship and what that would look like for them? Um, and yeah, how would how would they go about it? Okay. I think, first off, pray about it and think, is this something that you know, I just want to do because I want to do it and have a, have a laugh with it? Or mm. is it something that you know, I really feel called to? It is a bit of a... Um, because I think it's such an important part of worship. You don't want to be scared of it, but we've got to t treat it with respect. Yeah, yeah. You know, I think it's something that, um, that you've got to really take care of when you do it. Um, I think also... Talk to the people that are 
that are say in charge, but the people who are like leading the worship, your officer, whatever, say, look, this is something I'm interested in doing. And the big key thing I think is like, don't be afraid to ask for help. Yeah. Because um, I'd do more of that if I could go back five years and and start again. I think it's easy to go. I, I want to do it exactly my way. Yeah. yeah. Um, but it's hard. It's really hard getting the balance and watch videos on YouTube of what's going on and these Salvation Army and other churches. Yeah. You know, see how they lead worship. What can you do that you feel, that, you know, mm. um, and take things. Don't copy from one person. Take from different yeah, people, yeah. you know, ideas and then make it your own in how you feel you want to express worship. But leading worship's hard because you've got 10, 20, 100, 2,000, 20,000 people yeah, yeah. that are, are there. And and it's kind of your responsibility to sort of aid them in their in their worship. So it's it's a big thing, um, but yeah, just get stuck in. Get stuck in and don't be afraid to you know make a few mistakes. And, yeah, yeah. And um, and you're doing it. You know, if you feel called to do it, then God's called you to do it. Mm. So He's going to equip you, isn't He? He's not going to just leave you hanging. Yeah, yeah. So you will feel inadequate, as do I, but um, we're not the ones who are God's providing. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah. Yeah. You got it. I totally agree with you as well in that thing of it's okay to make mistakes. Yeah. You know, we all make them and we all we'd all go back and do things differently. We'd 100%. all change things and we'd change what we say or we change how we did that. Yeah. Whatever it was we did. But I think permission to make mistakes is really vital yeah. to know that we've not got all the answers. We don't always get it right. We make mistakes too and we yeah. would go back and we would do things differently 100%. as well. So yeah. yeah, I think that's really important for people to yeah. know really and, and to, to have that freedom in it as well to know that it is okay to, to make mistakes. Okay, final question. What is your favourite worship song and why? Okay, so this one is is a hard it's the hardest one in a way because there's so many but i i'll tell you a reason why this is the song is one day um by matt redman and the song is actually um he's written the verses himself the chorus is an old song um it's it's in a completely different style to how he's singing it uh, i prefer the way matt redman's doing it um but uh the song is, when we all get to heaven, what a day of rejoicing that'll be. When we all see Jesus, we'll sing and shout the victory. And um, I remember hearing this for the first time at a, a Sunday morning meeting at Droitwich. Uh, Carl and Corin, shout out to Carl and Cosa, <laughs> uh, were leading worship. And she played uh, this song. I think Corin did the, the sermon and she played the song. And I was so emotional after hearing it. Mm. I... I the, the words in it you know what I think there's so much um pain and struggle and worry um in all of our lives you know I think it's a personal thing to me and it's a personal thing to you and mm. everybody else and we all go through it in different ways but this song is such an encouragement to me because it talks you know one day we'll make sense of it all one day um it, it's it's a song about looking forward you know when we all get to heaven when we see Jesus and I think having that, um, it's a, having that positivity of knowing it's an assurance. Mm -hmm. You know, it's not like if, you know, um, if we see Jesus, when we see Jesus, yeah. we will we sing. Yeah, we will sing and shout the victory. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, um, I think it's just an absolutely beautiful song. Um, when we get to that place of heaven, there's no more pain. There's no more sadness, worry, depression. You know, name them all. 
Mm. It's gone. Yeah, yeah. You know, it, and that's that's what that's for me what what I live for. I think it's such a powerful thing mm. that that what we have in the future with, with Jesus. Yeah. So I love the song so much. I think it's a great song. Yeah, I can remember that day as well at Joint Rich yeah. when Corin yeah. shared that song. I'd never heard it before yeah, as well. Yeah, neither had I. Yeah. And and I think Matt Redman has got a beautiful way of bringing reality in and sort of bringing words that make sense right here and now yeah. for us. And I, I mean, I love loads of his songs that he's mm. written, but I would agree with you as well. That song, it has a, a real hope to it. Yeah. Um, and it sort of brings us hope in amongst everything that's going on at the moment that, you know, there will come a time when this will all make sense. Mm and yeah. how we need to actually understand yeah. what's going on yeah, right now. Yeah. Um, and I think it's a really beautiful song as well. So I will be unpacking the song a little bit right. um, later on in this podcast. Um, I think it's a really important thing for us to do. As I said, we're going to look behind some of these worship songs and just look at why they were written, what they mean, and how they can relate to us at the moment in what's going on in, in our everyday life. So thank you, Charlie. Thanks, Laura. Um First time I've interviewed you. Oh, I tell you what, it's a bit weird, isn't it? Mate? It's not. <laughs> it was harmless. It was it harmless, was, uh, and and it wasn't. It wasn't too bad. And it the wasn't questions, too bad. I was shaking too much. <laughs> the questions weren't too bad, but yeah, thank you for what you shared. Thank you for your honesty and just bringing your sort of thoughts to this, and and I know that it will support and help those that listen. So thank you. Pleasure. As some of you will know, I love to find out the reason behind why worship songs were written and what prompted the songwriters to write the beautiful melodies and words that we so often sing. So over the next few weeks, I'm going to be unpacking the favourite worship song of the guest. So this week we heard that Charlie's favourite worship song is One Day When We All Get to Heaven by Matt Redman. Here's what Matt Redman had to say about the song when he was asked why the song was written. And he specifically talks about the chorus of the song. These are Matt Redman's words. I hadn't really been familiar with that old hymn at all. We were writing some verses based around what we're looking forward to with heaven. And my wife, Beth, actually had the whole idea of the song. We had a few friends who were walking through a lot of stuff at the time, including losing loved ones. She said it'd be nice to have a fresh song to that place, talking about what's coming one day. And so we started writing this song with our friend Landon. And we couldn't write the chorus. We went a long time, probably six weeks, I think, just trying to figure out what it was. And then one day I said to him, Hey, I wonder if it's like an old hymn or something. And he literally sung straight into When We All Get to Heaven. It was the right tempo, the right theme, the right key. It was just a beautiful moment. So often, worship songs that we sing now have elements of older hymns incorporated into them. Or an older hymn has been given a new melody and been revamped. And in the case of this song... One Day uses the lyrics to When We All Get to Heaven in the Chorus. Charlie shared that with us earlier. The words are this. When we all get to heaven, what a day of rejoicing that will be. 
When we all see Jesus, we'll sing and shout the victory. When We All Get to Heaven is a Christian hymn written by Eliza Hewitt and it was written in 1898, quite a long time ago now. Hewitt praises the wondrous love of Jesus and looks to the day we will all be reunited in the kingdom of heaven. Because of the love of Jesus, the grace that Jesus gives us, the mercy, we'll live in heaven for eternity. Mercy and grace are the utmost attributes of love. Mercy and grace are two sides of a coin and the coin is love. Mercy is a compassionate love to the weak and grace is a generous love to the unworthy. Humans are weak and unworthy. We all need God's mercy and grace. Mercy takes us to the path of forgiveness while grace leads us to reconciliation. Jesus didn't come to earth preach the gospel, commission the apostles, die on the cross and resurrect to heaven because we deserve it. He did it out of obedience to his father and because he loves us. Because Jesus loves us so much to take our sins to the cross, we love him in return. And because we love him, we obey him. Like another old song says, Jesus loves me, this I know, for the Bible tells me so. Jesus loves me. He who died, heaven's gate to open wide. He will wash away my sin. Jesus, take this heart of mine, make it pure and wholly thine. Thou hast bled and died for me. I will henceforth live for thee. When you get to heaven, it will be because of Jesus, because he loves you and you love him. Two of the main themes I pick up from this whole song are hope and reassurance. The title of the song, I believe, alludes to this. One day. Look at some of the lyrics. One day, all this struggle will cease. One day, you'll make sense of it all, Jesus. One day, every question resolved, every anxious thought left behind. No more fear. All of the struggles we face in this life, the uncertainty, the chaos, the hurt, the moments we are left thinking, why did that happen, will make sense. Jesus will make sense of it all, one day. To me that brings reassurance and hope. I may not know why now, and I might not be able to make sense of why things happen, but there is a hope from knowing Jesus, that he will make things right, and he will make things new, and we will rejoice together. When we go through struggles, hurts, uncertainty, pain, we question why. Why us? Why is this ha happening? And we often feel hopeless in those situations. Where is our hope when our plans for earth have been dismantled? Where is our joy when our comforts have been removed? Where is our peace when life seems to be not as it should be? Our hope is in heaven. Jesus has made a way. We can rejoice now because we know that we will rejoice later. Jesus said it this way in scripture from John chapter 14 verse 1 to 3. Let not your hearts be troubled. Believe in God. Believe also in me. In my father's house are many rooms. If it were not so would I have told you that I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you I will come again 
and will take you to myself, that where I am, you may be also. We have hope, and that hope is in Jesus. One day, he will make sense of it all. Thank you everyone for listening. Uh, I hope you've enjoyed that and I hope you've got a lot out of that. Um, I look forward to sharing with you all again in a couple of weeks time with another guest for you and we will learn more about some worship songs and just spend some time learning more about God and who he is. Have a great week. Bye guys. Bye.